What God's led me to, to preach to you today about is about the perfect father. Uh, now, how many of you fathers know that you're perfect? Okay. If you don't know you're perfect uh, or imperfect, um, just ask one of your children. Uh, they will let you uh, know. And if you need more advice, ask your spouse. They know even better. Um, but today I'm going to share with you seven characteristics of a perfect father. Uh, this father is beyond full description, um, but wants to be your dad. In fact, the scripture says this, if you've invited Jesus Christ into your heart and life, if that's you, you have a perfect father by grace through faith in Christ alone. In fact, scripture is very clear that we not only receive this new identity when we become a Christian, but we receive a heavenly father. Listen, everybody was created, everybody, that's just an amen right there. Everybody was created by God, but not everybody is a spiritually reborn child of God. I want to show you what I'm talking about. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Listen to what it says. It says, all who believed in him, that's Jesus, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or, or plan, but a birth that comes from God. If you really think about what a change God brings about in your life when you give your heart and life to him, it's not something you can fully describe. But once you have the peace of God, you know the peace of God. Once you have given your life to Christ, it's, to be a Christian is not just something you hand out because you're an American. It is something that you receive by grace through faith in Christ alone. So it is, not a, it is not a right, it is a privilege to be called a child of God. Today I hope that you leave away a little bit more aware of your heavenly Father, how He feels about you, and how He can help you in this life. But before we jump into this further, I want to ask you to bow your heads with me for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see. Open our ears that we might hear what you want us to hear, and open our hearts that we might receive what it is that you want us to receive and, and, and take uh, not just this information, but Lord, allow you to create transformation in our heart and life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you up on the screen real, real quickly some things that aren't on your, your notes. I want, I want you to hear some things that God wants you to do. Whether you want to do them or not, this is what God would like you to do. First of all, God would like you to choose to believe in Him. You know, if you don't believe in something, why are you going to um, turn to that, that something? God wants you to know Him. There's plenty of people who they believe there's a God, but they don't know God. Therefore, they've not experienced God. They, they, they've not sought God with all their heart. And then He wants you to learn to trust Him. Listen, the reason why a new believer doesn't just start out just trusting God with everything is because you're used to trying to trust yourself or your circumstance. And when you get into this relationship with God that's faith-based, it's all about trust. And, and God, as he proves himself faithful, it builds your trust. One of the reasons why I have a lot greater faith than a lot of people is because I've trusted God for a long time. And I've seen him deliver and deliver and deliver. Uh, as, as I've walked with God in my life and in ministry, regardless of how times have changed and how many things haven't gone my way, I've only found more reason to trust God. 
And I think if you seek God and you start to do things God's way, you will start to begin to trust Him. I want you to hear this about God's Word. God's Word, you can write this down, God's Word is His love letter to you. God's Word is His love letter to you. And so if you believe in God, and then if you believe that the Word of God is God's Word for you, then we can get on track to begin to hear about this God. I want to share with you seven characteristics of our perfect Father. Number one, our Heavenly Father is always good and perfect. Our Heavenly Father is always good and He is always perfect. I, I wanted to emphasize to you today the word always because the things that we're talking about aren't things that sometimes God does or is. He always is. He always does. Listen, I was blessed with a dad who always had the best of intentions. When it came to me and my life, he always hoped for the best. He always prayed for the best. He always strived to be a perfect dad. But, but um, how many of you know that there are no perfect earthly dads? How many of you know the older you get, the more grace you have towards people that you thought should be perfect, then you realize you weren't perfect? You know, I remember just because, again, my dad was a pastor, I remember just thinking all the time, like, Dad don't practice 90% of what he preaches. In fact, I used to tell people, I said, Dad is the preacher, Mom is the pastor. But I realized with time, I was putting Dad under a different microscope, okay? I was, I was expecting Dad to be perfect, okay? And, and I think one of the first things we can teach our kids is the fact that, hey, you don't have to be perfect. To be a child of God, you just need to be forgiven. Um, apart from the grace of God, who could stand? You know, I try my best to be the best dad I can be. And yet, if any of you raise teenagers, okay, let's, I could have an altar call for that, okay? Um, you don't always feel too perfect, do you? I know exactly what that feels like. I, I know what it feels like to feel like, man, no matter how hard I'm trying I fall so short. Uh, and so if you're like myself, you really, really hope that your children see to your heart. Listen, there's only one perfect and good, good Father, and that is our Heavenly Father. He is always good. He is always perfect, and His ways are always higher. Look at James 1.17. It says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Maybe some of us need to introduce sometimes our friends to our Heavenly Father. Be like, listen, you know what? Your, your father hung up lights. My, my father made the lights. That's a pretty cool thing. Just kind of hit me. Listen, anything good, anything perfect in your life, anything that proves itself to be good and continue to be perfect, it is of God. In Christ, you have a, a good, good father. Why does that matter? You need to understand that God only has the best in mind for you. The reason God ever tells you no to something is because he has a better plan. The reason God tries to guide you down certain paths is because, again, he only wants the good, pleasing, and perfect will that he's created for you to happen. But secondly, our Heavenly Father is always extremely loving and gracious. Our Heavenly Father is always extremely loving and gracious. I was fortunate enough to be raised by a dad who, um, very early on in life, um, he was not afraid to express 
um, I love you. I can remember very few times ever lacking for that uh, with my dad. Um, in fact, even when he disciplined me, and my dad, um, maybe, maybe some of you didn't grow up in the era of my dad. My dad had a good belt made out of leather. I doubt you have a ball glove that's as good as, as his. And, and when dad put the belt around the, um, the doorknob, and I, I'm terrible with impressions, so I'm not going to try, and he's like, I'll be back. That just made it worse. You know, I'm like, listen, I won't even have a back when you finish with me, Dad. Uh, my dad was a Marine, and uh, he's a little crazy, okay? But he said something, in fact, that I disagree with. Now that he's in heaven, I can say this. He said this stupid thing about, um, well, it's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I disagree. I know he was hitting me where the good Lord split me, but I'm going to tell you right now. Um, there was nothing about that at that time that he could have sat there. Um, and, and I wish, listen things you would do differently. You know what I'd do differently if I had to go back in time? I would do what my younger brother did. I would put about seven, eight pairs of underwear on, and I'd be ready for dad. That is no, true, no doubt he said that, he did that, and then yet it came to me. I was like a, a, a frog leaper. My, my dad would say, listen, son, if you just stay still and not fly clean across the bed, I could hit your backside. Uh, it didn't take a lot. I was one of those um, children, by the way. It didn't take a whole lot. For me to be like, okay, I think my dad might kill me any minute, so I'm going to stop what I'm doing. But you know what? I knew that my dad, everything he sought to do was because he loved me. By the way, sometimes the strongest disciplines are because you're trying to express your love and you care so much about that person, you're, you're trying to do anything you possibly can to keep them from going down wrong roads, maybe even roads you've been down. Listen, I never had to wonder whether my dad love me or not. And I realize some of you listening right now, you have had to wonder about whether or not your dad loves you. I want you to hear me. You do not have to worry about whether or not your father in heaven loves you. He loves you deeply. He loves you richly. And nothing can change that love and nothing can hinder that love. You need to know that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a blood-bought, saved-by-grace child of God, a father that you might have in this life is nothing like the father that you have and that is waiting for you in the next life. Listen, his love is proven, his love is unconditional, and his love is nothing short of incredible. The Bible tells us this, that God's indescribable love is for all of us. Look at 1 John 4, 7 through 10. It says, love comes from God. He created it, by the way. Man didn't come up with this one. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loves us. By the way, love is an action verb. It's not something you say. It's not something you just lip it. You have to live it. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. If you're to read the New Testament, all you'll keep hearing is about how God loves you and about how he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. Because God knows this. If you, can, if you can grasp even just a glimpse of how much he loves you, you'll understand that everything that he has for you, you should want. Listen, to know God is to know you are loved. God the Father wants you to have no doubt. I don't know what your past might have been. I don't know what your present is, but you need to understand this. 
Your, I want you to write this down. Our faith in God should never be detached from knowing the love of God. Our faith in God should never be detached from knowing the love of God. Because see, listen, when you don't realize the love of God, you tend to want to run from God. Versus if you know someone loves you more than anyone else could ever love you, why would you not run to that person who wants nothing but the best for you and can take you there? Listen, without the love of God, we could never know God. Without the love and the grace of God proven through his son, Jesus Christ, none of us could celebrate today about peace and purpose and promise. Listen, God is always loving and gracious. Look at Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. It says, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Some of you, the reason why your journey's not begun in Christ is because you've not yet chosen to put your faith in Christ. Something can't begin when it never starts. You can't jump to second, third base and home. You got to take first base. First base is, hey, are you going to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Quit saying what God can't do for you when you haven't even given God the chance. It says, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of God and power that comes from God. Listen, sometimes people have such a bad experience with their earthly father, they translate that perspective towards their eternal father, and there's just no comparison. I love my dad to death. My dad was one of the most wonderful people I know on the planet. But I'm telling you, I also know God is greater. God is perfect. God is love. And you need to know God's love for you is immeasurably more than you could ever dream or imagine. But number three, our Heavenly Father is always caring and listening. Our Heavenly Father is always caring and listening. One of the things that I missed immediately after my dad passed was First of all, during his cancer battle, I may have missed four or five nights in a 470, 480 days straight of not ending my evening talking to my dad or having prayer with my dad. And some of the times, by the way, even while he was battling cancer, him praying with me. I cared to talk about things with my dad. One, we could connect about just the weight of the ministry, but I knew he cared. I knew no matter what his situation, what his condition, he always cared. He, him and mom always wanted to be available. They are always caring hearts and listening ears. You need to know that your heavenly father, no matter how small you think your problems are to you, if they're big deals to you, they're big deals to him. When your heart breaks, his heart breaks. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you, you have to believe that God cares before you're going to be motivated to give him your cares. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. One of the things that keep you away from prayer, outside of you just not having the right perspective of understanding how much God does care, is, is when you feel like you've done something that makes you unworthy. The moment you confess that something, the moment you, you ask God to forgive you of that sin, whatever it might be, he always welcomes you with open arms. 
He doesn't hold the sin against you. He wants the sin to be resolved and redeemed, but he wants you to know he loves you. Listen, if you, if you ever doubt anybody, God should be the person you doubt the least. You should understand that he genuinely always cares. You're never a bother. I hear people sometimes saying, hey, you know what? My little old prayer doesn't matter because I know there's bigger things going on. Listen, everything that's a big deal to us is a big deal to him. And the scripture says, come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Listen, if I didn't know God was gracious, I wouldn't be in the ministry. If I didn't know God was gracious, I wouldn't still be able to continue on as a parent. If I didn't know God was gracious, I wouldn't be able to continue to try to strive to be better as a spouse. Listen, but apart from the grace of God, how could any of us be in the will of God? Jesus taught us how to go to our Heavenly Father. In fact, Jesus took the time to teach his earliest disciples how to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Jesus says this, then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, that means blessed. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen, 24-7, our perfect father is always available to call on them. I appreciate the fact that, that I got State Farm Insurance. I'm not advertising for them. I appreciate that there's somebody in khakis and a red shirt available anytime I need to call. But God can do more, okay? State Farm can take my call, but listen, God cares and God can do something to help me in my time of need. Listen, God cares, God listens, and I don't want you to hear this. When you pray, God's always hearing your prayer but he answers in accordance to his will. A lot of times people feel like their prayer's not been heard because the prayer wasn't answered the way that they asked God to answer it. Listen, prayer, you need to write this down. Prayer's not about you asking God to agree with you. It's you choosing to agree with God. It's actually you aligning with God. It's like, hey, God, um, I'm getting a little out of sorts here. My attitude's not great. My, my, maybe my actions haven't been quite right or whatever, you're coming to God saying, God, what do you want? Not, hey, here's what I want. Notice that the Lord's Prayer says, pray thy will, not my will. But number four, you need to know our Heavenly Father always knows everything. He always knows everything. You know, there's no use in us trying to do like Adam and Eve tried to do when sin originally started. They thought they could hide from God. You can't hide from God. He's got total surveillance. He is what the scripture refers to as omniscient, which means he is all-knowing. You're never, listen, you're never coming to prayer like, God, I just want to update you. Had some things going on in my life recently. I know you don't know about any of it. You, that's the wonderful thing. You know what's wonderful about God? He knows everything past, present, and future. You don't have to catch up, uh, catch him up with you. You need to catch up with him. My dad was very smart very knowledgeable person, many life experiences. Uh, in, in fact, um, I mean, I can't think of anything he's not built or done. Uh, I mean, even, even when he had his tree business, um, every vehicle from bucket trucks to stump grinders, anything else, my dad didn't even need to go to mechanics. My dad could fix everything he had. In fact, later on, I realized, I mean, he knew karate. Um, and then, strangest one, you know, I knew we had watched some Rocky movies before, but he was a boxer. 
I was like, why in the world are you doing that in the Marines, you know? Y'all, bo- y'all got, got other people to box. Don't box each other. He told me, the, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And uh, if anybody knows my dad, they know. I, I, think, I think dad enjoyed some boxing. You know, he got to knock somebody out in the name of Jesus. But my dad knew a lot about a lot of things. But my dad didn't know everything. And fortunately, my dad did know that. He might not have gone around all the time talking about, listen, I don't know much. But he pointed me to who did know it all. Listen, there's nothing that our Heavenly Father doesn't know. I want you to write this down. Your past, your present, and your future, God already sees. Your past, your present, and your future, God already sees. My dad knew the Bible as well as anybody I've met. And he could figure out many, many things. But I will tell you this, when he, when he ran into cancer, he met his match. Kept, he kept telling me, he's like, man, every battle that I ever had before, I was able to step back and then figure out a plan of action. He's like, but, but this has thrown me for a loop. He couldn't stand. He could not stand his family having to see his greatest weakness. I said, Dad, it's in your weakness that we find his strength. We can see it. We can see where you're having to put your faith. Listen, he knew where his knowledge must end and only God could begin. By the way, the scripture says to us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know why? Because until you get to the point where you fear the Lord and you realize all that he does know versus all that you don't know, you're living stupid. You're living foolish. We've all lived foolish. We've all lived before like we're God instead of there is a God and I'm not him. I'm kinda, I don't know about y'all. I'm kind of relieved by that. I'm so glad. That like takes a weight off me. I don't, I don't have to be perfect. I've got a perfect father who's all-knowing. I want you to hear Psalm 139. I'm going to read bits and pieces from verse 1 through 18 out of the Amplified Bible for better understanding. It says, O Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and have known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise my entire life, everything I do, you understand my thoughts from afar. You are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before, and you have placed your hand upon me. Such infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high above me. I cannot reach it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the night will be the only light around me, even the darkness is not dark to you and conceals nothing from you. But the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them even taken shape. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. By the way, you need to know God made you just the way you are. You're not an accident. And you're not a problem because God knits you together just the way you are. As my 11-year-old taught me when he was nine, he said, I'm just the way God made me. I'm just the way God made me. I want you to write that down. Say, I'm just the way 
God, maybe. Now, now, husbands, wives, don't use that as an excuse. You know, I tell my wife that all the time. I'm like, listen, I know I'm cray-cray, but it's just the way God made me. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we got to fight for his way and not just try to do things our way. But we need to know that God has made us unique. Everybody in here, you're, you are unique. The reason God says, I know the plans I have for you, you know why? Because he's like, listen, I made you. Why would you not go to the person who created you and created the plan and knows the plans he has for you? Why would you turn anywhere else for God's script for your life? He is the one who has seen every moment of your life unfold. He is the one who knows what moments are still to come. We can turn to him. We can trust in him. He is our perfect heavenly father. And he is the only person. Listen, God the Father is the only person who knows everything about you. Everything about you. There's nobody else on the planet that knows every single thing. There's always people in your life. There's some secret they don't know. You might not even realize you didn't tell them. But God knows it all. And guess what? Incredible. He still loves you anyway. But number five, our Heavenly Father is always capable of anything. Our Heavenly Father is always capable of anything. Our Heavenly Father is omnipotent. What does that mean? He is all-powerful. Unlike us, write this down, God is not limited by time, by space, by circumstances, or mistakes. There's nothing that God can't do. We don't serve a limited God. We serve an unlimited God. I've told you this before, but you've heard it many a time through other sources. If you've got um, big problems, you've got a small God. If you've got a big God, you've got small problems. You want your God to be greater than your circumstance. We have a heavenly Father who the Bible says can do anything he pleases, and he quite often does it. For his glory. Listen, when God has your back, what else do you need back in you? Some of you, maybe you feel like a lone ranger. We have people all the time that kind of cycle through here and, and, and you're kind of going through a lonely season in your life and, and you're going through a difficult season and, and you feel like you're in this valley all by yourself and you feel like all the odds are stacked against you and you're like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to overcome this? What, what do I do now? Well, you turn to God and you turn everything over to God and you go with God, like Luke 18, 27, Jesus says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Listen, it's okay if you feel like something's not possible, but do not put that in God's vocabulary. There's nothing that God can't do. Sometimes our, our prayers are very small. We, we, we pray very humanized prayers because we pray in accordance to what we think we could do or what we've seen. What if you began praying for God to do more than you could do or more than you've ever seen? Listen, we can bring our greatest struggles to our greater God because our Heavenly Father is able to do anything. Did you ever think about this? God can go where you can't go. As a parent, I've learned a long time back that I will never be able to control my children, okay? And the older they get, the more you realize, hey, you weren't meant to control them. But I'm sending God, they just don't know it, to patrol them. God's got that surveillance, doesn't he, parents? God's got that way to, to protect and, and to help even when you can't do a thing or maybe they didn't let you into their life. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. 
It says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, I want you to hear that. It says, God has unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. By the way, if you've got the Spirit of God living within you, you have the power of God living within you. That's why you can get through anything. Some of you have been through hell. One miracle sitting right back there on that back row, and I'm acknowledging it right now. I don't think there was anything that you didn't have in a cast, did you? She can't even remember the first visit, I think, even that I made to the hospital. Bottom line is, I mean, she hit that on with a truck, and how long ago that's been now? 18 months ago, she was meant to leave this earth, but God said, not so fast. God said, not so fast. You got through it and you got to it. And listen, your greatest pain is God's greatest platform. You, you, you know what? You know what it shows whenever God does something that man can't do? How great is our God? You need that sometimes. Listen, sometimes you got to reach the end of yourself so that you can begin to see what God's capable of. Verse 20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I just got to venture off this. I didn't share this the first service. Pastoring this church lately has been quite a, quite a wait. It's been quite a wait. In fact, as I was sharing with a gentleman just last night, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of months, a lot of months since I can't remember one week of not thinking, man, God, you, you sure I got to continue doing this? And that's the problem God just revealed to me late last night. If I think I've got to do it, well, I can tell you right now, we're in trouble. Since when is the Christian life about what you can do? It's about what Christ can do. And you know what? That means you have to keep surrendering and trusting and allowing him to use you as a free vessel. I think the greatest thing that we do that actually hinders the power of God in our lives is we've got the vice grips of control on everything instead of saying, God, no, it's your way all the way. Until you get to that point, until you get to the point that you're all in, in your faith, you can't expect to see the Almighty just do things in your life that you never dreamed or imagined. Listen, we have a heavenly father who always can change any situation, any relationship, and even heal any disease. It's never a question, listen, of whether God can. Only question to hand is, is will God. I've prayed many of things before, but knowing and believing God could do it, but saying, God, not your will, but my will be done. I've prayed times before for something that I was trying to believe God for it, but I didn't believe that it could happen, and it did happen. Listen, God can do anything. You've got to believe that in your circumstance. You've got to believe that in your family. You've got to believe that in your life. Because until you do, listen, you won't have a reason to lift up your head. This culture's crazy. If I'm putting my stock and everything from, from our house to the White House, I mean, I, I mean, we're done. But that's the thing. I'm not putting my hope in that. My hope is in my greater God, not my greater pain. Amen. Number six, our Heavenly Father always meets our needs. Our Heavenly Father always meets our needs. Throughout my life, um, you know, just like any, any young family, you go through a lot of seasons of life where um, you just, you're just hoping to have food on the table. You're just hoping to be able to um, 
have a car to drive. Uh, you're just hoping for God to meet your basic needs. And um, there's some joy in knowing that God provided even when you thought you were going to fall short. Even when you thought, okay, there's no way. Now we're really messed up. This broke down, that broke down. Uh, I, I remember those times very easily in my life. I, I remember one time, it's, it's, it's getting on my mind right now. I remember one time I... Um, uh, our only vehicle that was broke down, we were living in Northwest Georgia at that time, a very great church we were at at that time, and, and, and nobody knew about our situation uh, and the fact that um, uh, we didn't know how we would pay to get that car out of the um, shop that it was in. It was going to be um, $1,000. That's all I remember. And I remember just saying, God, i got to come up with $1,000. I told not one soul this, I just was asking God and asking God. The secretary at the church, the same day that I was supposed to pick up the car, brought me an envelope that was from a man who said, listen, God put this on my heart to give this to you weeks ago. I hope it helps in your life. It was 10 $100 bills. I've had stuff happen like that many, many a time. Many, many a time. It's in Psalm 23.1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Psalm 34, or Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Listen, God has an unlimited bank account. Psalm 34.10 says, But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. Verse 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. And I've got to say something about that that you sometimes might not understand. It, righteous does not mean perfect. Righteous is to be in right relationship with God, covered by his grace, walking by faith. You cannot expect God to bless you when you keep continuing to try to write your own script and take your own road. My confidence never comes from me feeling like I've carved out my path. My confidence comes when I understand the God who is taking me down that path. Matthew 6, 31 through 33, Jesus says, Don't worry about these things saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Have you ever thought about this? That when we start doubting that our needs will be met, maybe we're doubting that God's going to meet those needs. Because see, that's when faith has to kick in, when you don't have a way. It says these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. By the way, your first priority has to be your first priority. You have to make sure that that is to seek God with all your heart to seek to get right, to surrender everything to him, knowing that as I walk with him, as I put my little hand in his big hand, he will work things out. I have been, I have been following the Lord for 28 years in ministry, and um, my wife and I have made a lot of moves. My father-in-law will tell you, we made a lot, lot of moves. I'm talking 16, 17 moves in almost 24 years of marriage. If you've topped that, we'll have counseling afterwards. But understand, the only reason I got to where I am and I got to you is because I listened to God at every stop. I didn't care. I didn't care how it looked. 
I didn't care how it felt. I didn't, I didn't try to figure it out. I just said, God, I'm trusting you. I'm taking the next right step. And he kept taking me through. And the more, listen, the more I trusted God with, the more I realized I could trust God with. God is able to take you where you can't take yourself. But last but not least, our Heavenly Father is always with us. Our Heavenly Father is always with us. God is omnipresent, meaning He is able to be at all places at all times. He can be at this church and a million other churches right now, and He is. He can be in my heart and life. He can be in your heart and life. In fact, if Jesus is your Savior and Lord, the Bible says this, the Spirit of the living God lives within you. And so if God lives within you, God is always with you. Several years ago, I created something for each of my three oldest boys, and I wrote out some words that God led me to share with them. And uh, these were words that I needed them to hear at that given time. And, 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 and I got my wife to print them out and put them in a nice frame uh, but here are the words that, that, that God gave me at that time that maybe God's given you as a parent or a father. I, I, I wrote, I said, one, daddy loves you. I said, there's nothing you could ever do that will stop my love for you. You can talk with me about anything and be assured my love will never change. Daddy is proud of you. I am deeply honored to be called your dad. I know God has big plans for your life, and I just want to be here to cheer you on to become all God created you to be in life. And then I told them, Daddy prays for you. I pray for God to protect you, to guide you, and shape you into a godly man. I pray you grow up to love God, love people, and choose to follow Jesus all the days of your life. But this last one was just as big as any, and that's Daddy can't always be there. Sometimes our kids need to know that. Daddy doesn't always have the answers, and Daddy can't always be there. Son, I can't promise that I will always be around. God has promised to never leave you. Call on Jesus day or night for wisdom, peace, and direction. He will never fail you. Psalm 46 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in our times of need. Hebrews 13 5 says, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. I want you to hear this last scripture as we close out. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, For the spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the spirit makes you children. Listen to that. The fact that God put his spirit within you makes you a child of God, makes him your heavenly father, not just your creator. It says, And by the spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my father. God's Spirit joins Himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. Since we are His children, we will possess the blessings He keeps for His people, and we will also possess with Christ what God has kept for Him. For if we share Christ's suffering, we will also share His glory. Would you bow your heads with me? For those of you who are children of God, we truly have a perfect Father, a Father who is always good and perfect, a Father who is always incredibly loving and gracious, a Father who is always caring and available to listen, who is always knowledgeable about everything. We have a Heavenly Father that's always capable of doing anything. We don't need to worry about the future. We need to trust God with the future. We have a perfect Father who's always going to meet our needs, the small and big ones alike. And we have a God 
who will never leave us nor forsake us. In Christ, he will be with us now. And in eternity, we will be with him in heaven for forever. Dearly Father, God, right now I pray for each and every person listening. Lord, I pray regardless of what life has, has dealt them, God, and I know sometimes it just deals a bad hand. I pray, Lord, they would understand, Lord, that the, the imperfect things of this life, Lord, I believe that you intend for them to lead us to the perfect Father, and that is you. God, I pray for that person, Lord, that right now they just, they're having a hard time believing and trusting you. I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that they realize they can have a perfect Father. If they'll just trust your son, Jesus, Lord, who you sent out of your great love, your immeasurable, incredible love, you sent to die on a cross for us. So that if we believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be forgiven of sin. And Lord, we can begin to walk as spiritually reborn children of God with you. God, we, we, we thank you for your spirit that lives within us. And Lord, we thank you for the future that is for us. Well, Lord, in this day and hour, in this rest of our lives, God, help us to trust you all the way. Help us to not doubt you even when we have doubts within us. God, I pray if there's anyone here today that's not invited Jesus Christ into their heart to be their Savior, to be their Lord, they've not surrendered everything, I pray today would be the day where they humble themselves before you, Lord, because you promised as we humble ourselves before you, you will lift us up in honor. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This altar is open. I'm available down here if you would like to speak with me.